Hey, we're going live again, and we're quickly checking a tiny tech problem. Hmm. Let's see if I can do this right. This is the glories of a live cast here. Decided to go live. Is that going to work? I think we're working better now. Hey, it's not going to be perfect. It's locked on. M-L-B. And we're going to be talking about the Dodgers. We're going to be talking about home run balls. We're going to pay tribute to an all-time great Dodger and wonder if we are watching the greatest era in Dodger history. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB. All it's warts and all. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Hey, there's my lower third. You call me Sully. We are doing a live stream, which means if you have a little technical Hiccup right at the front. We're just going to plow on through it because why not? It is, we're recording this. It's dropping on the 22nd of September, 2022. Officially, the nights are getting a little bit longer. We are officially in fall. And, uh, you know, the the pennant races are coming into fruition. It looks like there's not going to be a heck of a lot of suspense about who's going to win what division. But we're looking at history right now. That seems to be the main thing that people are chasing right now is history. I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm your pal, so I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. I'm a Emmy-nominated television producer. I'm a filmmaker, a stand-up comedian, writer, been a podcaster for the last decade. And you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm your pal, Sully, about Sully Baseball, Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you're on the live stream on YouTube, feel free to throw a question in via the chat, although I am talking about a couple of specific things right now. Um, let me just tell you something. Baseball is the greatest game. Now, I know you know I think that because I do a baseball podcast. I've done so for a long time. But it just is. For, for I can offer no better explanation for it than to take a look at the two Games, back-to-back days played between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Philadelphia Phillies. And it kind of eerily echoed the 1993 World Series where those two teams met. On Tuesday, the Phillies beat the – I'm sorry, the Blue Jays beat the Phillies 18-11. to That's an absurd score. That's a football score. And it was just – both teams seemed to just score at will – and, you know, when you score 11 runs, you should win. I don't care who you're pitching. If you're pitching me, if you score 11 runs, you should win, not get blown out of the building. And so the day after the Blue Jays and Phillies play to an 18-11 game, uh, today's game was the final was 4-3, to three, but it was scoreless in the eighth. It was a scoreless game going into the eighth inning after that football game they played the day before. You turn the page. You turn the page. Baseball is the greatest game of them all because you could have potential no hitters. Uh, you know, Blake Snell 
took a no-hitter into the seventh inning. He wound up losing the no-hitter, but San Diego wound up holding on to defeat St. Louis 1-0 in a great pitcher's duel between Snell and Miles Michaelis. Um, the Cardinals are still probably going to win that division. Padres need to keep winning because they can't fall back into a scrum with the Phillies and also the Brewers. Now, the Brewers wound up winning 6 nothing against the Mets. I know a bunch of my Met fan friends were uh, you know, angry that the Mets did not sweep the Brewers. The Brewers are a team that, that they have a winning record, okay? They're going to finish the season with a winning record. You can't be mad that you didn't sweep a good team in their home park. Be happy they won the series. And also be happy that the Nationals showed a little bit of pride and came back with two runs in the seventh inning and wound up defeating the Braves. So, I mean, both the Braves and the Mets are playing a little bit of anything you can do, I can do better, I can do anything better than you. And there's just one game separates the two of them, two of these absolute elite teams, which reminds me a little bit of what happened last year when the Giants and the Dodgers just kept doing that back and forth, back and forth. And in the end, San Francisco won the division, and the Dodgers were in second place with 106 wins, which is the highest win total for a defending World Series champion in their history. Hey, uh, David Samuel Blaine is uh, on the podcast. He's in the chat. He says, hey, Sully, both New York and the Pirates are looking for a golden opportunity, sir. Well, look, at I'll tell you. Um, you know me, I'm not a Yankee fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I couldn't help but be impressed by what happened on uh, Tuesday night when Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run in a game of which the Pirates outplayed the Yankees completely. They're winning 8-4 to four going to the bottom of the ninth. Judge hits that home run, which hasn't landed yet, by the way. And there was a sense of, well, you know what, if you went to Yankee Stadium that night, you got to see a judge home run. You know, you didn't see them win, but there you go. And then the next batter got on base. And the minute the next batter got on base, I said, this game's over. The Yankees are going to win. Now, what I didn't expect is the grand slam by uh, the ultimate grand slam by Giancarlo Stanton. If you don't know what an ultimate grand uh, slam is, that's when you're down by three runs in your final at bat and you hit a grand slam to win the game. I guess it was at the final. I guess it wasn't with two outs, but still, you you go from down by three to winning because of a grand slam. And the ball that Stanton hit, when I saw it, I thought, "Oh, that's a double off the wall." I thought the game was tied. I did not think for a nanosecond it was high enough to clear the wall, but there it was. But do you know how important a home run has to be to overshadow a grand slam down three runs at the bottom of the ninth, but that's exactly what Judge's 60th home run did. And in a way, you know, I saw that the Yankees, uh, I, I didn't watch the Yankee game. I was more interested in a couple of other games. I was more interested in the Padres game because it was a no-hitter relatively late. I was interested in a while um, uh, on the Guardians who defeated the White Sox eight to two and has all but clinched the series, uh, clinched the division. And I was, uh, I, and again, I was uh, really drawn into the Phillies Blue Jays game, which wound up being an extra inning game, um, of which uh, uh, Matt Veerling got five hits, including the walk off hit. Uh, I think he owned baseball. 
so I wasn't watching a lot of the uh, Yankees-Pirates game because it looked like the Yankees were just pulling away with it. Um, Oswaldo Cabrera hit a grand slam in the first inning, and Glaber Torres hit two, counting two home runs in the eighth inning. And it's, again, it's like Stanton hits the walk-off grand slam. Cabrera and Torres are the home run heroes the next day. And there's a sense of, oh, the the wrong guy hit the home runs. You know, I, I again, I'm no Yankee fan, but I know he's going to pass Maris. And I would love to do it in one fell swoop to hit 61 and 62 in the same game like Glaber Torres hit them both in the same inning. Imagine if he hit them both in the eighth inning. So, uh, you know, so we'll take a look at, you know, tomorrow. Uh, are, are the Yankees playing tomorrow? I actually have to go check on the my MLB app. Um, I Oh, they're playing the Red Sox. Oh, God. This, uh, this, goes you, this shows you how far out of mind the Red Sox are. Uh, the Red Sox are coming to town. Michael Walker, who, by the way, is having a terrific year for the Red Sox. So, naturally, he's going to sign with the Rays. Um, Jameson Tyon. Um, the Red Sox are trying to see if they can finish, you know, 500. They're four games under 500. Um, okay, so he's going to do it against the Red Sox, like Roger Maris did it against the Red Sox. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that Judge is chasing Roger Maris to – uh, set the American League home run record, and if you want to say the the all time home run record without an asterisk, do what you want. Uh, it's factually incorrect, but it is would be the American League record, which is nothing to sneeze at. Of course, the other one is Pujols, who is chasing home run number seven hundred, and more than one person has posted online. What would you do if you caught? It? If you're in the stands, you caught it. Um, I know. It's, and again, whatever your decision is, fine. Uh, I never understood the, I'd just give it back because it belongs to them. No, I have it now. It's mine. And um, the it's a, I'm not giving it back to the Yankees or the Cardinals, who are multi-billion dollar organizations, nor to the players who are millionaires many times over. Um, I would see what I can get for it. Maybe I hand it to a kid, say, hey, go to law school I'm, you know, from your pal Sully. Uh, my friend Jonathan Corbett, wonderful comic, talked about back in 1998 during the McGuire-Sosa chase, said if he caught the ball, he would give it back, but he would he would sign it himself. So you, you see it on display in the Hall of Fame, it would have his signature on it. Um, I don't know, I mean, I'd give it, I would get what I can from it. You know, it's worth something, and it's in my possession. And, you know, and the Yankees aren't poor. The Cardinals aren't poor. Judge isn't poor. Pools isn't poor. Let's go. You want it back? Or, you know, bring it to auction. I mean, does that make me greedy? I don't know. Maybe it does. But you know what? If I can get myself a nice townhouse in San Francisco out of it, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm at least going to get season tickets for life. You know, here, give me these two tickets for life. Here, there you go. These two, right? These are mine. You give me these tickets. And and there you go. But now, I would, you know, I'd want the, I want the, does that, that make me a bad person? I don't know. I don't know. But it would certainly be, you know, it would not be the end of the line. You know, I'm an older person now. 
I have things that I want to have. And if, and if getting selling that ball will get it for me, great. You know, we're getting older. We're all getting older. And you know what? Getting older changes your mind. Sometimes it changes your body. You know, I'm working to try to get myself in shape. I got myself a dad bod. You know, sometimes I want to get in shape. But, you know, it's not our fault. You know, men age, our body loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man. It can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. But if you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, Neurogenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym and help you look like the man you want to be, or perhaps never were. Because Nugenics Total T boosts the free testosterone that the aging process robs. You'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy, drive, more passion too. Whoever you're with will tip their hat for you. With every product professes quality, yes, they all say they can do something. Many other products use generic ingredients. They're often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in trials. Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Nugenics Total T can help re-energize your life and get you back to powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text MLB to 231231. Text now to get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever. The key ingredients will help you get back in shape fast. Absolutely free. Text MLB to 231231. Text MLB to 231231. Message and data rates apply. Terms apply. Terms apply. And it's available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Okay. Let's see what David Blaine has been saying on the chat before we talk a little bit about the Dodgers. Uh, the Mets are making a one-way ticket to the month of October. Yeah, well, they clinched a spot. They clinched a spot. Now, will it be in the wild card round, or will it be as the division champs? We'll see. The defending champs are not a team to, to sneeze at. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz is the Reds player of the year from YouTube. Got it. Uh, and all this would see. What do you say here, buddy? You said all remain. Seemingly Sully, Dodgers once again got the victory for the Dimex. Um, did they? I thought they – I have to double check. Does David Blaine know something I don't know? Uh, I was under the impression the Dodgers lost tonight. I'm going to go to my MLB app on my luxurious uh, iPhone here. Um, am I allowed to plug the the name of my the company? That I, no, the Dodgers were 6-1 to one losers. Madison Bumgarner, remember him? Madison Bumgarner won the game. But the Dodgers have been winning like crazy. And, you know, you take a look at the, you know, this 2022 Dodger team who already has 103 wins. And you take a look at just, yeah, they have some injuries right now. But you're starting to see fewer and fewer people on there. Joey Gallo has hit another home run recently. Trace Thompson is, you know, adding some power there. Betts is having a solid season. Freddie Freeman is a, you know, could potentially be an MVP candidate, certainly top five. Trey Turner, unbelievable. The depth they have there and the depth they have in their pitching staff 
even with Gonsolin hurt, either with even with Walker Bueller hurt, and even with Craig Kimbrell not exactly being Mister Reliable. Let's look at Craig Kimbrell's splits and just you know basically see. All right, so we're going to go here to his splits. I'm at BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and I'm checking what Craig Kimbrell has been doing in recent weeks. And in his last, uh, let's see, where is it here? His, yeah, his last 14 days, he has an ERA over five. His last seven days, his ERA is over 10. Uh, uh, you know, don't use him in key situations. You've got lots of people in the bullpen, Dave Roberts, if you want to go far. If you want to go far, use Chris Martin. If you want to go far, use Evan Phillips. If you want to go far, you know, maybe throw Andrew Haney and just, don't hand the ball to Craig Kimbrell just because he was great a bunch of years ago. But this Dodger team has a lot to play for. This Dodger team is the team to beat. Now, look, at the Mets are stacked right now, and they're going to have Scherzer. They're going to have DeGrom. They're going to have, uh, you know, they had a, a Walker pitched very well for them today. Carrasco's pitched pretty well for them recently. I mean, they, they have such depth in their pitching staff. And they're starting to hit like crazy. You know, I mean, they didn't have a good – obviously, they got shut out today. But with, uh, you know, Lindor getting the big, huge hits, uh, Alonzo getting the big, huge hits, this is a stacked Mets team. But the Dodgers still have to be the team to beat. Up and down, the talent there is absolutely unbelievable. It's unreal what they've done. And they're chasing something, too. They're chasing – a legacy title. They are chasing a chance to call themselves the greatest. This is the greatest run in the history of the Dodgers, whether it be Los Angeles or Brooklyn. They can do that. They can lay claim to that with another championship here. Kind of reminds me of about 11 years ago. Can't believe it's already 11 years ago. But 11 years ago when the Philadelphia Phillies put together a spectacular team, had the best record in baseball, and stampeded into the postseason. And they had Halliday and Lee and Oswald and Hamels and Howard and all them. And I remember thinking that if that 2011 Philadelphia Phillies team won the World Series, and I thought they were going to win it by a landslide, then that would have been not only the greatest Phillies team of all time, the greatest Phillies run of all time, but arguably the greatest run of any professional Philadelphia team in their history. But then they lost. And that Phillies team is looked upon as a great run. Five straight trips with as the division champion, two trips to the World Series, and one of their only two titles. But there was a sense of, man, that could have been more. Right now where this Dodger team fits in their history is similar to the Bobby Cox Braves. The Bobby Cox Braves were in it every postseason between 1991 and 2005, the Braves were in it. I have to phrase it like that because 1994 was right at the top there and there was no postseason that year. But they, you know, at first they were in the West for reasons I'll never understand. And then they're in the East where they should be because they're an East team. They're an Eastern team. And for the, in the wildcard era, from 95, when they won the World Series, to 2005, every single year, the Braves won the division. 
They won a bunch of pennants along the way. They won one World Series title along the way, had spectacular teams, and are obviously one of the great runs in baseball history. But it hangs over them that they only won it once. I don't want to say it sullies their reputation, but it is something that's always brought up. All those great teams, and they won it once. It was in that weird 144 season, 444 game season, the year after the strike, and they beat Cleveland. Now, of course, the Snitker Braves have won as many titles as the Bobby Cox Braves. But it's interesting how multiple titles will wipe away the reputation of always being in there. By that, I say take a look at like the Tom Kelly Twins. Only made the postseason twice, but they won the World Series both times. The Cito Gaston Blue Jays made the playoffs in 89, 91, 92, and 93. Four times. But because they won back-to-back titles, there's a sense that it was extraordinarily successful. The Bruce Bochy Giants, who overlaps this great Dodger run, won three World Series titles and one more wild card. But because of the multiple titles, if a team has multiple titles, they have nothing to answer to. It's like the what happened when the Big Red Machine, which had a reputation of being a great team that folded in the big game, when they won it in 75 and then again in 76, they're considered one of the great teams of all time. This Dodgers team has to do that. They have to win this year because right now they are in that Bobby Cox Braves situation in that they've made the po- they've won they made the postseason every year since 2013. The one year they finished second place was last year when they won 106 games. Just the Giants won 107 games. It's hard to believe the Giants won 107 games just one year ago. But it goes beyond that for this Dodger team and why this is one of the great Dodger runs, one of the great runs we've seen. Because the high watermark of franchise victories in a single season is 106. The Dodgers in their entire history did that twice in 2019 and last year. The 2017, the 2017 team won 104 games. And only one other Brooklyn team has won uh, two Brooklyn teams, the 53 NL champs and the 42 Dodgers, who also kind of like the last year's, finished in second place. Now, I'm bringing that up for another reason. This team, until they win another World Series, will have that hang. Well, they only won it once. It was the COVID years. Yes, but they also had the 2017 and 2018 World Series where we know the Astros and we know the Red Sox. Don't forget that. We're doing shenanigans. That maybe that World Series wasn't played on the level. And so this is a team that probably should already have multiple championships. They should have won in 2017. They probably should have won in 2018, that this would already be off the table. But because they only have the one, if they win one more, then you have to include this run as was certainly the best in the history of the Dodgers, just by the the win-losses, and by every year they're in first place. But you have to start looking this as one of the great runs in baseball history. Yes, they need the second win. I get that. 
I get that. But they've done everything else. And right now, this is the team to beat. And you know what? You can throw all you want about they have this high payroll, they have that high payroll. But remember what happened before this run. Before this run, the McCourts ran the team. And the McCourts bankrupted the Dodgers. They didn't sign the big players when the CC Sabathias and some other superstars were just floating there in free agency. CC Sabathia was born to be inserted into that Dodger rotation when he was a free agent instead of signing with the Yankees. And so the new management had to turn things around. The Dodgers were the laughing stock in 2011. The team was filing for bankruptcy. The, the court divorce was hanging over the team. People were getting beaten up in the parking lot. Attendance was down. Indifference was in Los Angeles. And now they nearly drew 4 million fans in 2019. They drew 3 million fans last year. Remember, they weren't letting fans in for the first couple of months. It's an unbelievably popular team. And they're spending money because they can. Shouldn't that be a positive thing? Every single owner in baseball is wealthy and can afford to sign players and make their team better. And they've been signing and trading for the right players. And they can, of course, afford to make mistakes like Trevor Bauer. This is what the Dodgers are chasing right now. They're chasing how do we become one of the great runs in baseball history. You could This team is infinitely better in talent than the A's of the 1970s. But because the A's of the 1970s won multiple World Series titles, they'll have no one to answer to. Now, what are you talking about? They got three rings. This team's only got one. All right, then you got to win another one, Dodgers. You do that, and not only is this a great run, all-time run, but this is the greatest run in the history of the Dodgers, whether it be Brooklyn or L.A. I want to bring up uh, for the last segment here the fact that there was another great era in Dodger history and the one that this team is kind of sort of chasing. The Dodgers had a great run, their final run in Brooklyn when they between 1949 and 1956 when they went to the World Series in 40, or 47, 49, 52, 53, 55. They won it in 56. So in, in the eight-year period, they won the pennant uh, six times. And a couple of the uh, – yeah, uh, they did a lot. They, 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 they did a lot. And uh, they lost the 50 pennant on the final day of the season. And they lost the 51 pennant on the home run by Bobby Thompson, of which we found out there were shenanigans going on there. That there was a, a guy in center field with uh, uh, the binoculars and sending messages to the Giants dugout. So there are three potential titles in Dodger history where we know shenanigans were being used. But I think the greatest run in Dodger history was their initial one that they had in L.A. When they moved to L.A. in 58, by 59, they were back in the World Series. They won the World Series against Chicago in 59, against the Yankees in 63. Uh, and uh, they beat the Twins in 65, and they won the pennant in 66, lost to Baltimore. And 
one of the great players from that run was the great Maury Wills. Now, when the question is who's the greatest, uh, who's the greatest Los Angeles Dodger of all time, uh, the easy answer is to say Sandy Koufax, because his peak was uh, his peak was otherworldly. Uh, if you look at just a full career, it would be either Don Drysdale or Clayton Kershaw. But if you saw what Maury Wills did during his time as a member of the Dodgers, his rookie year came up in 1959 and was part of the team that won the World Series against the Chicago White Sox. And along the way, he was Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines before Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines. He was someone on a team that didn't have a huge, massive slugger in the middle of their lineup didn't have the equivalent of Mays or Clemente or Frank Robinson or Henry Aaron in the middle of their lineup. They had a speed demon by the name of Maury Wills. Maury Wills, who won the MVP in 1962, he led the league in in triples, he led the league in stolen bases, where he stole 104, 104 bases. And virtually never struck out in his entire. He would play, he played 165 games that year because of the uh, divisional playoff they did play with the Giants in the best of three series. He never struck out a hundred times. Hell, only once did he strike out 70 times. He was a contact person who had the speed to get on. And with that, he won the Golden Glove as a shortstop. He won the Most Valuable Player. He was an all-star many times over and was the player who sparked this team. He was the player who sparked the offense, as it were, not a super strong offense. There was a joke that when Sandy Koufax threw his perfect game, someone asked, but did they win? Meaning, did the Dodgers score for him? He was such a vital player for the Dodgers that when they played the Giants down the stretch in 1962, the San Francisco groundskeeper would intentionally leave the sprinklers on and hose the infield in way too much so the field would be a little bit soggy and make it harder for Maury Wills to steal bases. He was a borderline Hall of Famer, according to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of planet Earth. The players he most resembled were players like Larry Boa, Steve Sachs, uh, Johnny uh, Johnny Evers, Dave Bancroft, some Hall of Famers, some not. His peak was incredibly high, not incredibly long, just a few years, but it was long enough that he was a multiple All-Star. He was a three-time World Series winner, an All-Star Game MVP, two-time Gold Glove winner, and a huge part of the Dodgers organization. Briefly was the manager of the Mariners. Didn't have much success as a manager, but was an instructor in the Dodgers organization, the coach and everything. And one of the Dodgers players he instructed was Dave Roberts. Told him how to steal bases correctly. Told him someday he will steal a bases, according to the Ken Burns documentary. Someday would steal a base. When everyone knew he was going to steal a base, he was going to do it anyway. That's exactly what happened with Dave Roberts in the ALCS of 2004 during his cameo with the Red Sox. Of course, Dave Roberts is now the manager of the Dodgers. 
We lost Maury Wills. He died the other day, left his imprint in the history of the Dodgers. And uh, by the way, also was an original Montreal Expo before returning to the Dodgers in the 1970s. So rest in peace, Maury Wills. He was part of the current greatest Dodger run of all time. Now let's see if the present Dodger team can overtake that. So, hey, uh, David Samuel Blaine and everyone else in the chat room, thanks so much for popping in. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to have a fun weekend of baseball. We only have a few weekends left where all the teams are playing. So go to Locked on MLB pods for both Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about catching home run balls and figure out where this Dodger team fits in their history. This has been Locked on MLB for the 22nd day of September 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Good night, David. You can call me Sully.